hi my dear friend how are you and i ask this question from the depths of my heart how are you and i hope i sincerely hope that you are well most especially for those in nigeria at the moment where there is a chaos there is this trouble of laying the hands on the new currency note that the central bank of nigeria has dished out but have dished out scarcely it's so unavailable it's not widespread it's not enough and a lot of people are having to you know need cash services are down people cannot do the online transactions the online transfers and it's causing a lot of trouble it's causing a lot of chaos and i'm asking from the depths of my heart how are you i hope i hope you are doing well in the last podcast we read from the bible that god has instructed us that in all things give thanks meaning in the times of plenty give thanks and in the times of scarcity give thanks i hope you have heard that word dearly in your heart i hope you still remember i hope hunger I hope strife, I hope difficulties have not made you, and I hope it won't make me lose grip of these words of God. You know, just patiently observing all the events happening here in Nigeria, specifically, I started thinking that this is just a tip, this is just preparation if I can if i can say it's it's preparation for something that i read in the book of revelation so in the book of revelation i am liking the condition in nigeria the condition of people not being able to access their money due to the scarcity of the new notes and so on and so forth and even for other reasons you know a lot of people who are on wages because of the submitting of the old notes to get the new notes and people not having the new notes, then it wouldn't make sense if they are being paid with the old notes. How would they spend the old notes when people are even reluctant to collect the old notes because they see the troubles of depositing and not being able to withdraw the new notes? And the, 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 the trouble is just everywhere everywhere is upside down there is the news of vandalizations chaos people fighting you know and and things are just prices of commodities are just going over the roof and my mind is just drawn to the book of revelation chapter 12 verse 15 outreach quickly the bible says god says he was granted power to give breath to the image of the beast that the image of the beast should both speak and cause as many as would not worship the image of the beast to be killed then it goes on goes on goes on and it then i i I didn't notice the very interesting thing that comes up in verse yeah this is 17 in verse 17 in verse 17 it says and that no one may buy or sell 
except one who has the mark or the name of the beast i'm like okay now god is now telling us there will be this crisis that will surely come to pass in the future a crisis of worship who will you worship and if you and i choose not to worship this beast then we will not be able to buy ourselves and i'm like wow now why is this amazing to me it's amazing to me because everyone who is struggling today in nigeria to lay their hands on cash they are most likely doing that to fix up or to you know acquire some basic needs basic needs like food basic needs like um uh, payments for hospital bills basic needs like transportation for those who go to work there is also a first scarcity for business those who are into public transportation and there are so many things i just started to see how we are so dependent on cash now if the bible is saying one wouldn't be able to buy or sell then it means you <laughs> i or you wouldn't be able to do anything i wouldn't be able to feed i wouldn't be able to pay for electricity bills i wouldn't be, I wouldn't be able to get clothes and be able to transport myself I just wouldn't be able to do anything the moment cash is removed from the equation I'm like wow this this is great trouble just right in front this is massive trouble this is an overwhelming trouble this is a trouble no man has ever seen and just seeing what is happening in Nigeria today this is february the 4th february the 4th is the date in which i'm i'm making this podcast recording and i'm like my now it's it's crazy because now people have the money and and it's just difficult to access it then it would be a case of okay since you're not bowing since you're not worshiping when we get to the book of revelation by god's grace may give us that is, may God give us a deep, deep understanding of those symbols. May he give us deep understanding of the passage as we go through. Now, at that point, since it's a thing of worship, by that time, then there would be no access to cash. And once there is no access to cash, like I said, then one can't do anything. And you know, it makes one wonder and then i was also wondering now because now people don't have money at least they will eat they have families to feed then i'm like lord have mercy what would you have us do teach us teach us even before that great time of trouble when we would be compelled by force to worship or else reap the consequences what would you have us do we need instructions. Then the mind was drawn back to the Garden of Eden and conversations with persons and studies. Then we realized 
we must go back to Eden. What was given to our first parent was they were given land. What was they responsible for? They were responsible for their food. Then it started to make sense. Now, if one is being denied of cash, once one has cash, then he's going to purchase food, wouldn't he? Yes, he would. So why not have a land where you can actually grow your own food? My. As we studied the book of Genesis, when the serpent tempted Eve, Eve said something very interesting that I would like to draw your mind back to. She said, after the serpent tempted her, she said, she looked upon the tree, that is, the tree that was bearing fruits, and she said she saw that it was good for food. So fruits are food. The same way tubers of yam, potato, potatoes, um, vegetables, tomatoes, onions, rice, some beans. The same way those are foods, fruits are food. You have some purples, you have some pineapples, you have some oranges, and you have these wonderful, wonderful fruits God has made. They are food. I'm like, hmm, yeah. So yes, so even if one is being denied of these physical tenders, one can grow his or own food, and that is secure. What are the necessities of man? Food, clothing, and shelter. Then I started thinking again, okay, that is out of the way. How about health? How would one care for himself? How would one care for herself? If a situation or a circumstance comes when one doesn't doesn't have the funds to go to a hospital, then again the thought came. Before we had the medical doctors, before medicine, before anything like medicine happened, men lived. In fact, looking at the Bible times, you see men being treated with herbs. You see men going through hydrotherapy. You see, Naaman that was told to go and bath in the river seven times. <laughs> That's some sort of hydrotherapy. Hydrotherapy is some water treatments. You can do some searching on water treatments. You will be amazed on what water can do, how water can be used to treat people, to treat sickness. You would be amazed, I assure you. I see passages where people were treated with herbs. I think that's found also in the book of Isaiah, where a king was treated with fig leaves, grape juices. I'm like, okay, okay. God has provided healing all around us. There is this popular quote I see sometimes whenever I watch some videos online, and it would usually quote, let thy food be thy medicine. Let what you eat be what would heal you. Meaning, okay, I have to start being careful of what I eat. You have to be careful of what you eat. Go back to the principles. What did God give man before sin? That is the best. He gave man fruits. He gave him nuts. He gave him grains as food. Then he added vegetable when man fell. Let thy food be thy medicine. What is the best cure, if you may ask me? 
the best cure that I have seen thus far, the best cure to any and every disease is prevention. Prevention is the best cure. Plead to God and be careful of how you live. The same way that I should be careful about I live, about how I live. And make sure we prevent any sort of sickness whatsoever. Avoid junks, avoid fat, avoid blood in the meat. Eat plant-based. Go back to the genesis, fruits, grains, nuts, and vegetables. You know, there is nothing as good as the origin. I'm like, okay, yes, yes, that is being sorted out. Food. Right? And, you know, learn a skill. Learn to sew. That's sourced out clothing. Learn to build a home. And I'm like, okay, okay, okay. Looking at that time that is to come in the book of Revelations chapter 12. Oh yes, God has given instructions. Clear instructions. These instructions are only from the book of Genesis. These instructions are only the lifestyle. God is reminding us. And you know, reading this, I now see that, oh yes, everything God has given everything that God has stated, every information that we have, they are very vital. They are very vital to our living. And I see that God is good. So, even in this turmoil, even in these difficulties people are having to go through in Nigeria, God is showing that I have a way. I have a way. You just seek me. And if you seek me with your whole heart, it is sure that you, my dear friend, it is sure that I will find Jesus. If we seek him with our whole heart. So yes, I decided to share this with you, my friend. I decided to share my thoughts with you, my friend. And may the Lord keep us and may the Lord teach us how to go about doing all of these things. Yes, welcome back. I thank you. <laughs> thank you for joining us today. Thank you for joining in the study today. You know, a lot of the times, I I, I just consider um, circumstances, I consider happenings around when I record some episodes on the podcast. And I just see that maybe, maybe there is something I should learn. Maybe there is something I should see. Before recording each episode, I remember um, the episode before the last. Oh, it was the last episode, um, the early verses of chapter twenty-three of the book of Exodus, where I shared with you, my friend, that it was not until when I saw how divine of a sweet potato can actually grow by itself, even without planting it, like. You can just literally leave the vine of the sweet potato and by itself it would germinate. And that explained 
the six years of farming and letting the land rest, letting the land lay fallow for the seventh, for the poor people to come and eat, and even for the animals. Now I'm having to experience another thing before recording to this podcast, and that is the challenges happening in Nigeria. And it's interesting. Now, this is where the interesting thing happens. Is we are currently studying the government of God. We are currently studying the government of God. And we are seeing how the government of God carries everyone along. Like everyone is carried along. And comparing his government, comparing all we have been learning to what is happening today, most especially in Nigeria, you for sure, can see that the government of God is righteous. The government of God is pure. The government of God is perfect. It's perfect. Now, there are some lessons I learned as I prayerfully went through um, what we, we, we have covered previously in the early verses of chapter 23. And one thing, I learned two things. The first thing I learned is personal responsibility for another person you know god gave the instruction that if you if i see the animal of someone that hates me or the animal of someone i hate strain that is going in a path that will lead to destruction i am responsible for that animal now if that be the case for animals, how much more treasures, special treasures in the sight of God. God regards every soul. God regards your soul. God regards my soul as a special treasure. That is Exodus chapter 19 verse 5. I am responsible for you the same way you are responsible for me. If you see me going astray, please, my dear friend, please caution me. Caution me aggressively and don't be nice to me. I want to be saved. And I am also responsible for you. If I see you going astray, it is my duty to call you back to that path of righteousness, to that path where God will regard you as a special son, as a special daughter. A call of responsibility. A call of responsibility. Now, the second thing I learned is when God gave the instruction that, see, do not let a stranger suffer in your land. And I gave a reason. Because you were once strangers in the land of Egypt. Now, what lesson did I draw out of this? The the lesson I drew out of this is the lesson of, oh, Femi, when you see a brother, when you see a sister who is falling into various trials and not gaining the victory, before you open your fifth mouth of condemnation, Mr. Femi, remember, remember that you were once, as a babe as such a person is, when such when one is sluggish in the knowledge of God, in the knowledge of Christ, when someone is not just getting it. 
all have sinned when one is still sinning and I regard it as a little sin. When you regard it as a little sin, it is saying, remember, you were once in that position. Remember. And I thank God. I thank God for how he is opening the mind to make these instructions as practical as possible. Very, very, very practical as possible. God wants us to be saved. He wants us to be with him. If only our desires can match up. If, and it's a condition, if, if. I don't fully understand God's love for me. You know, I, I'm just reading that he sent his only son to die for me. I don't know what that means. But he loves us that much. After doing that, he's giving us instruction. Everything in the Bible is just telling us one thing. How we can be where he is. Is a book packed with instructions on how we can be shaped. How we, that is you and I, can be molded in his image. Oh, my dear friends. My dear friends. May the Lord grant us his spirit that we may be desirous to do his will. In fact, that we may love his will. That we may love to obey. That we may so, so embrace righteousness. Oh Lord, please send us your spirit as we study. Soften our hearts to receive. Please, Father, soften our hearts to receive. The time is short. And events are unfolding rapidly. Please have mercy. Open our eyes that we may see the wonderful and wondrous things that you have done for us. Grant us your spirit, we pray. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So, uh, by God's grace, I, I hope we can get to... Um, we can go a little bit far into this podcast i hope so let us see how god will lead today yes exodus chapter 23 we would continue from verse 14 the heading here is three annual feast oh thank god god is reminding us god is reminding us he says three times you shall keep a feast to me in the year you shall keep the feast of unleavened bread you shall eat unleavened bread seven days, as I commanded you at the time appointed in the month of Abib. Abib is the first month, for in it you came out of Egypt. None shall appear before me empty. And the feast of harvest, that is the first, now this is the second. And the feast of harvest, the first fruit of your labors, which you shall have sown to in the field, and the feast of ingathering at the end of the year, when you have gathered in the fruit of your labor from the field. Now, the first feast is the Passover. That is the feast of unleavened bread that is celebrated when they left Egypt. The second feast is the feast of harvest, that is the first fruit of their labors 
Then the third is three times in a year. Three times in a year you shall gather all your meal, all your meals. Three times in a sorry, three times in the year all your meals shall appear before me. The Lord God. This is the third. You shall not offer the blood of my sacrifice with leafing bread, nor shall the fat of my sacrifice important detail. And shall the fat of my sacrifice remain until morning? Very important, important detail. The first of all firstborns of your land you shall bring into the house of the Lord your God. You shall not boil a young goat in its mother's milk. Now, we, we need to take note that God calls these three separate events Sabbaths. These three separate events, God called Sabbaths. These Sabbaths are different from the Sabbath of Genesis chapter 2. In the weekly cycle, in the weekly creation, these Sabbaths are different from that. That is a weekly Sabbath. These are Sabbaths that should be celebrated three times in a year. Very, very distant, beyond all doubt. In the beginning, when all things were perfect, in the beginning, when all things were made, there was no need for Adam, there was no need for Eve to kill any animal, to sacrifice, to remove any fat, to eat unleavened bread for some certain days in a particular month. No, no. But these were done this is a practice that the children of israel were to do as a covenant as an everlasting covenant and they are also called the sabbaths the feast days god went on behold i send an angel before you to keep you in the way and to bring you into the place which i have prepared Beware of him and obey his voice. Do not provoke him, for he will not pardon your transgression. Now, this is important. This is important. Now, God is telling them that he will send an angel. He then says, do not provoke this angel. Because if you provoke this angel, this angel will not pardon now this is a special angel this is an angel that forgives this is god remember the book of genesis chapter one it says genesis chapter one verse two yeah i'm forgetting the exact verse but we read in genesis and he said, let us, that is indicating that there was more than one person there. Now, God that is speaking to the children of Israel is now telling them, I will send you an angel. Do not provoke this angel. For if you provoke this angel, this angel will not pardon your sins. Now, if the angel will not pardon their sins, then it would mean that they can sin against that angel. 
we learn more attributes of angels but this is one to note this is one to put in our books god went on for my name is in him for my name is in him this is interesting i bear my father's name my father's name is in me my father's name is olaniro my name is olua femi olaniro so i hope you will get this gist but if you indeed obey his voice that is the angel and do all i speak then i will be an enemy to your enemies and an adversary to your adversaries god says something he said my name is in him that is established then he said but if you indeed obey his voice that is the angel's voice and do all that i speak <laughs> if you obey the voice of the angel and do then he brings it back to himself and do all that i speak then i will be an enemy to your enemies and an adversary to your adversary you know i don't know how christianity has been sown has been so turned by man to please himself since the beginning of this podcast since we started searching, searching for truth we have only been seeing this theme of obedience now we have it here again that the only reason god will be on our side the only reason god will be on your side is if you obey the only reason the lord will be on my side is if i obey like there is there is no other reason he would be on our sides it wouldn't just be on our sides because we profess to be christians or we do good and nice stuff no if we do not obey then we know for sure that he is not on our side from these verses it goes on for my angel we go before you and bring you into the amorites and the hittites and the perizzites and the canaanites and the hivites and the jebusites and i will cut them off you shall not bow down to their gods nor serve them nor do according to their works but you shall utterly overthrow them you shall utterly overthrow them and completely break down their sacred pillars our mind must be drawn to a lot of things we are seeing that god is telling the children of israel that they would totally overthrow the inhabitants of the land of canaan and one would say ah i have been in some arguments where they say oh how how god is god is so unjust how would he drive people out of their own land and do this and do that and you know sadly what i know now i didn't know then i was cold i was silent i didn't know what to say but now i'm learning that god is a god of justice as much as he is a god of love before destroying the land of sodom and gomorrah 
He said he sent his angels to go and check whether the cries that he is hearing from the land of Sodom and Gomorrah, the cries of the righteous ones, whether if they are true. He sent the angels and indeed they saw that it was true. In fact, the people of that land wanted to rape the angels that came. So beyond all doubts, they saw, they witnessed that yes, wickedness abounds. And yes, it was our time. Their probation was so extended to the point that they almost killed all the righteous men in the land of Sodom and Gomorrah. Lot and his two daughters were the ones left. Now, as God is saying they should go and overthrow and completely destroy, he then says something, completely break down their sacred pillars. So yes, these ones were insane. These ones were disobedient. So you shall serve the Lord your God, and he will bless your bread and your water. And I will take sickness away from the midst of you. All of this is in the condition of obedience. In the condition of obedience will God take away sickness. In the condition of obedience will our bread and water be sure. All in the condition of obedience. And I will take sickness away from the midst of you. No one shall suffer miscarriage or be barren in your land. I will fulfill the number of your days. I will send my fear before you. I will cause confusion among all the people in whom you come. And will make all your enemies turn their backs to you. And I will send hornets before you, which shall drive out the Hivites, the Canaanites, and the Hittites from before you. I will now drive, I will not drive. Now, <laughs> I nearly rushed this. I remember I said I wanted to share a testimony. Yes, I will still share a testimony. But this is the counsel I got from the Bible. This is the instruction as to how I would deal with the situation I found myself in. Now, this is what is happening here. God is giving the children a promise that I would take you to a land that is not yours. And to fix you into that place, this is the strategy. It says, I will not drive them out from before you in one year, lest, that is the reason, lest the land becomes desolate and the beasts of the field become too numerous for you. Little by little, I will drive them out from before you until you have increased and you inherit the land and I will set your bounds from the Red Sea to the sea, um, to the sea, Philistu, uh, and from the desert of the river. For I will deliver the inhabitants of the land into your hand, and you shall drive them out before you. You shall make no covenant with them, nor with their gods, 
they shall not dwell in your land, lest they make you sin against me. For if you serve their gods, it will surely be a snare to you. Now, what is the strategy? The strategy is the title of this episode. A foot in the door. Did God have the power to drive them out all at once? Yes. I mean, the God that wrought those wonders in the land of Egypt could do anything for these men, these women and their children. Yes, he could. But he gave them a strategy. That was helpful to me. He said, little by little, you would go in. Little by little, I will send them out so that you will not be overwhelmed. And this was the strategy I used when I found myself in the situation I found myself in. Oh, in my heart, I just wanted to be rash. Freedom, freedom. I just wanted to go aggressively. But the cancer came. Little by little. Little by little. I will bring you out. And I will put you where I want you to be put. In the Bible, cancer is given for every situation we find ourselves. Only trust. Upon trusting Go to the word. Because if you do not go to the word, then you wouldn't find the cancer. Since I'm concluding the chapter today, since we are concluding the chapter today, I'd like to go through the last verse again. God told the children of Israel, God is telling you and God is telling me. He said, they shall not dwell in your land. He gave his reason. He said, lest they make you sin against me. For if you serve their God, it will surely be a snare to you. This is a verse that appeals to my heart. This is a verse that appeals to your heart. Are there persons you find yourself with that can make you wander from the path God has set you on? Are there circumstances circumstances that you have found yourself, that you've seen it as a routine, that once I go in this path, once I take these decisions, I go, I wander far from God. God is giving us a counsel as he gives the children of Israel. If you let these people remain in this land, if you mix with these people, you will be tempted to sin against me. And the moment you sin against me, there is nothing like they cost it. No. The moment you sin against me, it will be a snare. Every time we read the Bible, every time we study 
every time we plead for the Holy Spirit to guide our minds, the moment the Holy Spirit does guide our mind, we must take actions. We must search our hearts, my dear friends. We must. Every day, the time becomes shorter and shorter and shorter. We have words from the book of Proverbs, Proverbs chapter 29, verse 25. It says, The fear of man brings a snare, but whoever trusts in the Lord shall be safe. It is assured. You have a wonderful day, my friend. God bless you.